Yes, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Can you testify to his goodness this morning? Yes, it's everywhere. I'm going to read to, to you from John chapter 15. These are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Tender whisper 
you are new here, I want to give you a heads up. As we have just sung together in unity, we now pray together out of this book of the common prayer. Churches around the world read these prayers together, and so it's a wonderful way to remind us that we are together the body of Christ, not just here in this local church, but the church universal around the world in every language and tongue. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? So we're gonna read this prayer together. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Uh, this morning for our connection moment, uh, as you've seen over the past several weeks, we kind of have expanded our connection moments from uh, next-gen moments to just connection, and we're trying to really kind of connect all the dots and the pieces of our church and the things that we do and kind of... Uh, kind of gain a better understanding of the body of Christ working together and how all the pieces connect. And so as part of that this morning, uh, I've got uh, some very special guests who are going to kind of help me out here, and, uh, and, and it's really spotlight on them. I'm just going to kind of facilitate and ask some questions, and, uh, and you're going to hear from Rodney and Linda. Now, before we get started here, uh, a couple weeks ago, Rodney and Linda were uh, awarded with our all-in award, which we give, and, uh, and, and all the hustle and the bustle of our New Life Sunday and things, we forgot to give them their gift as a part of that. So I want to give this to you guys before that. So just, yeah, can we, can we cheer for them again? Just, oh, they're all-in winners, and so. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. And so, um, so Rodney, Linda, you guys, and part of the, part of the all-in award, uh, not just this ministry, but all kinds of ministries, uh, is that you guys kind of oversee our loving ministry. Would you just share with the congregation, just briefly, kind of what does that mean? What does it mean that you oversee the loving ministry of our church? Well, to make it real short, we just want to make sure that the church body is growing in its ability to love and support and meet the need, as many needs as possible of all of you folks. That's essentially what it's all about. And so practically, that I love that, growing in our ability to, to love each other, right? right? So practically, what are some things that, that that may look like? Just throw a couple things out there. Well, um, well I'll give an example. Don't be afraid of the mic. It's, it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get well, spotlight, some, too. Okay. Some of the things that um, we do, we, people do is send cards of encouragement, phone calls uh, to the shut-ins, and just letting people know that they're not forgotten, and... Uh, meals, but um, one of the experiences Rodney and I had went through yeah. a few years ago is when Rodney had surgery, and that was pretty major surgery, and uh, we was at the hospital for a while, for, um, and several of you people came and sat with me, not just for a little bit, for hours, and doctors would come out and go back in. And we prayed. And I'm, I am so thankful for And I know some of you guys know who you are. And this, it just was a blessing. You didn't even have to say anything. Just knowing that you were there and was for us. And then um, when it was time to come home, people said, well, we'll bring meals over. And I thought, oh, no, they don't need to bring meals. I'm taking off work. We don't need to do that. And um, Rodney said, you know, we need to allow them to bring meals over. And um, that, that freed me up to be with him, to be with the nurses and know what's going on, not to be distracted on what we're going to have to eat. <laughs> but then it also brought, you know, showed the love of the church, how much they really cared for us and that we weren't alone. But something stand in the way for that. That could have been an obstacle of, of pride. I could have said no. I I don't need that. Love that. But so you guys kind of taking on this ministry and doing this ministry is really a result of what you've received, right? right? And so receiving that and now you give, which is a a beautiful picture of who we are, right? As right. followers of Jesus, what we have received, we we give. And so um so you doing this is a result of you receiving and now how can we then 
take care of our church as well, right? Is that fair? Right. Yeah. Right. Why? 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 What? Like, what's the significance of this of this ministry of of the mission? Why is this important? Um, and then maybe I know you've got some some ways that other people can kind of plug in here. So just just tell us about that. It's really important because, you know, there's a few of us that are naturally just gregarious and you get out there and you get to know everybody and but if you're like me I prefer to be hidden <laughs> this is very uncomfortable but it seems it seems like I am getting used to, you know my life my biggest fear I think has been at being embarrassed I think I got to get used to that because life's just embarrassing <laughs> too many too many times but the more the more i'm finding out it, what i'm really finding out is that the more i get out there and put myself out there and take a risk uh, being embarrassed the better i get at doing the things i need to be doing which is paying attention to other people's needs uh, what they're going through so that I can come along beside them and give some encouragement, give a word of advice or some help, usually just listen and let them know that I'm there. And I believe that all of us can do that from the youngest to the oldest. And it is really an exciting thing because in, in doing that, we really do grow into the likeness of our Lord, which is really, and we have these handy dandy little cards there on the back table there and the center table and the, under the sound room. Um, it just tells a little bit about what the loving ministry is about. It has some scriptures, which I'm going to let Linda read a couple of those in just a minute. And on the back, it has a place to put your name and your contact information, and you can choose how you would where you think you would feel comfortable serving and has our contact information. And we would like to connect you with people that will get a hold of Stephanie, our church secretary, or the pastor, somebody who might have a need, and hopefully we will be able to help you connect with those people and plug you into a, an area that you may not be aware of where you can be of service to somebody. Yeah. So I think the important thing here is also like we, we want to know when there are needs in the congregation, right? So part of this is having people to meet those needs, but also to, to hearing those needs. So, uh, man, if there's something that you're needing, um, you can reach out to the church office, reach out to Rodney, Linda, uh, and let us know so that we can come together as the body of Christ to meet those needs. So, Linda, you want to share a couple scriptures? And I think we got just one final just real quick scripture video, okay. right? Uh, and we'll wrap up that way. Okay. Uh, Colossians uh, 3, 12, and 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then in uh, Galatians, uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us uh, do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. That's great. That's great. Would you guys uh, show your appreciation to Rodney and Linda? Awesome. Great. Thank you. Go ahead. When Jesus left, he left us here to represent him. When he wants to touch something, he wants to use your hands and mine. When he wants to say something, he wants to use your voice and mine. When he wants to go somewhere, he uses your feet and he uses mine. There's so much struggle in so many people's lives who call on Jesus and who desperately need him to intervene. And that's where you and I come in. Every Sunday we go to church to enhance our vertical relationship with God. But God wants to see us leave church and express that in our horizontal relationship with others. God measures his experience with us by how he can use us to bring him into the experience of others.
Thank you, Josh and Rodney and Linda. We do appreciate all that you do and all that your team does. And uh, there, there's so much unseen that's done by them, and we really appreciate that. And there is some, some there's real value to loving each other, to knowing each other's needs. That, that that's one of the things that should be happening in the body. So we appreciate all that you do, and I and I hope that you'll take one of those cards and and uh, be willing to participate to help. Uh, many hands make the load light, and so I'd encourage you, if, if, if you're willing uh, to take a card and just be prayerful about it, I'm sure there's places that you can serve, uh, not just in your community, but you can serve in this community loving each other. You know, perspective matters. Uh, seeing things from different viewpoints matters. Uh, you know, one of the things that I learned in, in trying cases, you could, you could take a lot of depositions, and, and it may be a simple... Uh, traffic accident, it may be something more complex, but, but it was always interesting that the more depositions, the more witnesses that there were, uh, the more perspectives that you would get, <laughs> uh, that people would see things in a different way. And, and so today we're going to talk about a different perspective. We're going to shift perspectives. We've been talking about renewal and revival through the lens of Josiah, uh, Josiah is this, this good king, one of these final kings of Israel before they are in exile of Judah. Uh, he, he, he's a king that pursues God, and there's this, this period of, of revival in his life and the life of Judah because of Josiah. And we've been examining renewal, a revival, through his perspective how he perceived God, how he reacted to God. And, and we, we, we looked at three things. We, we asked, what are you seeking? What, what's the thing you're seeking most in your life? Who do, or what do you trust most? What is the center of your life? And then last week we, we asked, are you willing to be broken? Are, are you willing to, to confess? Are you willing to be broken, not just for your sins, but the sins of your community? Are, are you willing for God to break you? And, and I believe through, through Josiah's lens, through, through that story, through, through, through the revival that they had with Josiah, we see that these things are essential to revival and renewal. And we, we all want revival and renewal in our lives, in our, in our family's life, in our community, in our church. But today we're going to shift perspectives. And we're going to look at renewal or revival through the lens of Jesus. And we're going to look at revival through the lens of God. And we're going to be using Luke chapter 15. And we're going to walk through the entire passage. And then we're going to come back over the next few weeks and touch on each individual parable. There's three parables in Luke chapter 15, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And so we're going to talk about, we're going to break down each individual parable each one week at a time. But we're going to walk through the whole passage today and just take one general overview um, of this passage, of these parables, of what Jesus is trying to teach Pharisees, what Jesus is trying to teach us. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him, coming near Jesus. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so here's the situation. Jesus has tax collectors who are in cahoots with Romans. They're taking money that they don't deserve from the people. They're associating with Gentiles. He's eating with sinners, these people that, that can't keep the law, that can't keep all the restrictions, that, that are failures from the Pharisees' eyes and the scribes' eyes, and he's eating with them. He's saying, well, what, what's the big deal? To, 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 to these people, at the time of Jesus, this ideal of table fellowship was significant. It's why when they would sit down, they would, they would wash their hands, not just for cleanliness, but for a, a worship ritual, because the table was holy. It was significant. It signified life, that it all came from God. And, and so they would sit down and eat in this holy place. I know some of you eat ribs just like it's holy too, right? But it was worship. It's church service. And so when you ate, 
It wasn't just with Gentiles or sinners or tax collectors, but it was with righteous people. Because, see, they would, they would sully your table. And Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners. And the religious people didn't like it. You know, it's funny what we do with these Pharisees and scribes. We, we, we make them so evil, but the truth is they were good people. <laughs> uh, they were the neighbors you wanted to have. You know, their lawns would have been mowed, right? It wouldn't have looked like my lawn. You know, they, they, these were good people. They paid their taxes. They paid their tithes. They went to church. They did all the right things. And, and yet, when they saw Jesus eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they began to grumble. They, they said, he, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Um, you know, this is more, and when you look at this word received in this passage, this is more than just accepting this is more than just Jesus is allowing sinners and tax collectors to be around him. In, in fact, the, the root of this word means he's welcoming sinners. He's receiving them with favor. They not only have a place at his table, but Jesus is saying, I want you at my table. More than just accepting. Not, not just Okay, you can sit at my table, but please, I need you here. You ever been tolerated? I've been tolerated before Terry and I was married on a few dates, right? You know, tolerated that, that, that person that is just waiting for someone better. I'm eating with you now, but if someone more interesting comes along, uh, you're gone, right? We've all had that situation where we've just been tolerated but this isn't what's going on here. Jesus isn't tolerating tax collectors and sinners. Jesus is welcoming sinners into his presence. He said, I know you feel far from God, and, and I'm God's representative here, and I want you to know you are welcome in my presence. He's giving them attention. He's giving them care giving them space, fellowshipping with them and loving them. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that we played that video today, that, that God uses you and God uses me, that we are his hands and his feet, that this church is intended to be his representative, that we are Jesus Christ on this earth. And the problem is oftentimes People who are the lowest, who are the most broken, don't feel very welcome in churches. And yet when we look at Jesus, they feel welcome in his presence. There's a little bit of a conviction to me there. Do people who are broken feel welcome in my, in my presence? Jesus uses us. Um, I always think of my father-in-law, Jim. Jim's been gone now just a little over a year and a half, and Inus is in the back, back there. Hi, Inus. Uh, but, but Jim wasn't saved for most of their married life. And he, he had had pastors that would come to the church because he had been a part of the Nazarene church where, where Inus still went for many years. And, and when, when new pastors would come in, guess who their first project would be? Jim. I mean, he was their project. And, and they never went anywhere with him. And then Brother Hiley came. And, and Jim was not his project. He was his friend. And for year after year, Brother Hiley was just Jim's friend. Until finally, not too long before, really just within the last 15, 20 years, Jim came to an altar and accepted Jesus as his Savior, and he was different because of friendship, not being a project. And this is Jesus with sinners and tax collectors. They aren't projects. They're his friends, and he loved them. And the, and the 
scribes and the Pharisees are upset, and Jesus tells them three stories. And he wants them to have a kingdom perspective. He wants them to see these people that they're bad-mouthing like God sees them. And he tells these three very short parables that were meant to reorient how they see people. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. <laughs> one sheep. One sheep out of a hundred, and, and, and it's valuable enough, and it's worth searching for, and it's worth celebrating this one stupid sheep. Let me hear everybody, let's give, give our best sheep sounds. Let's do our, bah. can I hear you? There you go. You, boy, you guys were ready with that pretty quick. Aren't you glad that a stupid sheep like me and you is valuable in the sight of God. One sheep, one lamb is worth celebrating when found. Or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. For I found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. The value's going up, right? You see this? One in a hundred. And now we're one coin out of ten. Something that she depended on to live with. You know, one out of ten, you know, if you lost ten percent of your assets and, and you thought you could find it, you would look for it, Right? It's worth searching for. It's pretty easy to say, well, that coin's worth searching for. And we're celebrating when found. Then the most familiar of the parables, and really the most powerful, all of these are powerful, but this is just so powerful, the prodigal son. He said to them, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? I will get up and go to my father. And I would say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let's eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found and they begin to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field and he came in and approached the house and he heard music and dancing and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be and he said to him your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound but he became angry 
and was not willing to go in. And his fathers came out, came out and began pleading with him. And he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you've never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. He said to him, Son, you've always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. So we see the value is even greater. We've moved from one out of a hundred sheep to one out of ten coins to one out of two sons. And can we be honest enough to understand that the prodigal wasn't the only one lost, that the other son was lost as well? So it's really a story of two lost boys. And each of these stories gives us a kingdom perspective on being lost. It gives us God's perspective on renewal and revival. You know, I've always wondered, how do you get to know someone best? If you were to get to know someone best, how would you do it? Would you read a book about them? Yeah, you can learn about somebody reading a book. Would you, would you, would you talk to somebody about them? Would you, would you look at pictures of them? You can get to know people like that. But, but the best way to get to know someone is to actually spend time with them. Jesus shows us God in action. Jesus tells the disciples, you want to see God? Look at me. I have shown you the Father. So there's lots of times I, I read Old Testament passages, and, and, and I'll just be frank. Sometimes they don't make a lot of sense to me in the light of Jesus. And so I have to look at those Old Testament passages, not on their own, but I understand those Old Testament passages through the lens of Jesus. Right? I understand revival and renewal through the lens of Jesus. I understand the New Testament writings through the lens of Jesus. Jesus trumps everything. He shows us God. And we're talking about renewal and revival. We need to see this through the lens of Jesus. How God sees us. I've heard it said that based on these parables... Lost people matter to God. And I, I think that's a true statement. That, that's that's a, a, a proper way to consider that. And, but, but I think if you really understand these parables, the truth is all people matter to God. Your spiritual condition matters to God. How you are right now matters to God, is significant. And he celebrates each step towards him that you take. That's what I love about these parables. They're so varied in circumstance. You, you, you have a, a sheep that's wandered. You have a coin that's lost. You have a, a son that rejects. You have a son that stays, but still rejecting. So, so in these parables, there's all these different kinds of relationships with the Heavenly Father that you see. But in all of these, the result's the same. It's a seeking God. Except for the last one's a little bit different. But it's a God that is deeply concerned and aware. And when found, when, when it's resolved, there's celebration. So I'd say as you look at this as a whole, wherever you find yourself in your relationship with God, maybe, maybe everything's going great. Maybe you've had a rough year or a year and a half or two years. Maybe it's been a rough week I'd say this, God is deeply interested in your relationship with him and he celebrates when you draw close. So, so sometimes I've struggled, particularly as I've matured in my faith at times. It's, it, it's weird, the, the more you grow in your faith, I think the risk of feeling like this is more true, that, that, I, that I've struggled with this ideal that God is ready to knock me down when I mess things up. 
That, that, that because he's taken me so far that when I don't quite get things right, God's just ready to smack me in the head. Why? You know, the truth is, because I've encountered some religions, religious folks just like that, right? And you all have. But when I see Jesus welcoming sinners, Jesus welcomes us where we are. And he's deeply interested in us taking deeper steps towards him. Whether we've been at this a long time or a short time. It's not that we're never broken. It's not that we never confess. But we confess to one who's ready to receive us. So this morning, wherever you find yourself this morning, these parables are for you. This isn't about just prodigals. This is about people who are desperately seeking God. And maybe your circumstances, maybe you've made some poor choices. Maybe just in the midst of life, life can be hard. Maybe that connection seems broken. And so I want to give you space to respond. And I want to give it, before I do, I want to read a scripture. That, that, that oftentimes we take this scripture as a salvation scripture, but I believe it demonstrates the heart of God wherever you are in your walk. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can you read this with me? Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Can you just let that wash over you this morning? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Now it's time to respond. Maybe there's something you need to lay at the altar. Maybe there's something you just need to meet with him here, and, and our altars are always available. I'm going to say a quick prayer. And then I'm going to give you a few minutes, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. Lord, help us to be obedient to you in these moments. In Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the promise of these stories. Jesus is wanting us to see his Heavenly Father in a different way. Not as just... Um, this holy, powerful God that wants to knock us down when we mess up. But he's the God who pursues and celebrates when we're found. The God who's willing to send his own son to die in our place so that we can be received by him. Not tolerated, received, welcomed. Lord, help us to see you in that way. Because the truth is, our perception of you often guides our reaction to you. May, may we see you as a God who is pursuing and loving us that weeps for us when we struggle and celebrates when we begin to experience that life that you have to offer. Wherever we find ourselves. Lord, in this room, there's, there's probably people that have not accepted the gift of salvation. And right now, your spirit is prompting and inviting you're inviting not to, to give up life, but to find life. So I pray, Lord, as your spirit prompts, that they'll respond to you. That there's people in this room that are struggling just with life. It can be ugly and hard. We can feel lost even when we're not. I pray, Lord, that they'll feel your embrace. That your spirit will speak to their soul even now. Lord, with the promise of this passage, there's a call too.
as we were reminded before the sermon even began, Jesus uses us as his hands and feet. And Lord, in our, in our life, at our work, in our neighborhood, in our families, there's people that you've placed near us that don't have it all right. They may be lost like the sheep, the coin, and the sun. And you invite us by your actions, and you invite us with this perspective not to see these folks as projects, but of people worthy of love and friendship that will listen to them, that will pray for them, that, that we will show them this Jesus we see in this passage. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, be more like you. Now, Lord, as we go from this place, I've sensed your presence. You're here. You always are here. You're here when people, your people gather, and, and we celebrate that. But, Lord, it's important that you still be present when we scatter, when we're at work, when we're at home, when we're at restaurants, the store, in our neighborhoods, wherever we find ourselves this week, people need to see you. So Lord, help us to be aware, willing and able to show your spirit, to show your goodness, to show your grace. And when people see us, May they give you praise. May they acknowledge that something is different about us and that difference is Jesus. Now, Lord, I love you. I give you thanks. I ask you, Lord, just to, to help us now as we move from this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.